Good morning. Welcome to Devotions for Worship. I'm Pastor Eric Tritton. Today is Wednesday, May 6th, and we begin by remembering our baptism. In Romans 6, it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like like his. And friends, that is a good thing to remember in these days of of uncertainty, that that this is not the world that uh, that we're going to live in forever. But someday we're going to rise from the dead and live in glory with Jesus. And our baptism delivers that to us. And so we make the sign of the cross and say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We confess our Christian faith today using Luther's explanation to the second article of the Creed. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Our meditation today, one more time, is on Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Psalms are are poetry that focus the reader on important aspects of God's truth, as well as convey prayers and praise to God. In this opening psalm, we find a comparison between the righteous and the wicked. Neither righteousness nor wickedness is really defined, but characteristics of the lives of the righteous and the lives of the wicked and the outcome of their paths are described. There's permanence in righteousness. The righteous person is like a tree planted by streams of water. This isn't a tree that has accidentally grown near a good water source. 
This tree is transplanted next to an irrigation canal. What does that teach us about righteousness? You know, trees don't uproot themselves and move to better locations. This image describes you as chosen, tended, and cared for. Righteousness is found in God's intervention in your life to call, gather, and sanctify you through faith in Jesus. God moved you. His kingdom came to you, and you were transformed from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of God, where you can thrive by faith in Jesus. Notice also that the tree produces its fruit, and its leaves do not wither. I have a large apple tree in my front yard. I don't have to tell it to bud in the spring, to grow leaves, or to produce apples. It just does. Sometimes people obsess over the fruit of their lives. They ask if they've done enough or if what they have done is good enough to please God. There are two problems here. The first is this this obsession about fruit is often rooted in a desire to earn God's blessing or contribute somehow to one's salvation. Remember, you were chosen and transplanted. Growth comes naturally because of the whole work of the Holy Spirit in you. The second problem is that people often look for the wrong fruit. They look for something big, something that impresses and makes them look good. The fruit God is looking for tends to be smaller. For instance, in Micah 6, the prophet points to things like doing justice treating people right, loving mercy, and walking humbly with him as marks of what God wants us to do and and, and the life that he calls us to live in. Or another example, in Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This fruit is a gift that God graciously cultivates in you through the working of his word and sacraments in your life. The contrast is that the wicked are like chaff. Now, chaff is the papery covering over a a wheat grain. It's refuse that just blows away and is tossed about by the wind. There is not permanence to... There's no tending for. There's no uh, fruit and really no life. And that seems very hopeless. But we do well to remember that Jesus has compassion on those who are blown about. And he is able to create life even from the dead. Ultimately, what is the difference between the two, the righteous and the wicked? It is their relationship with God. The difference is faith. Trusting God to make you righteous by grace through faith instead of trying to earn righteousness on your own. It's being cultivated for seemingly small fruit instead of storming after your own glory. It's receiving God's grace instead of being blown about 
by worldly obsession with your performance. As we pray, today we're going to pray about the creation. We pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you've created all things. And as we look around at the world, we see the beauty of your creation. We, we see the complexity of, of all of the things that you have made. And yet we also see that there's brokenness. Romans teaches us that the creation groans because of our sin. And we, we ask, Lord, that you would be at work in this world. That you would work through the creation to help us to know you, to know your love and know your forgiveness. But we also pray that you would work through the creation to help us to remember that this is not our final home. That you have prepared a home for us that will reflect your permanence where we will be tended to and loved a, a world where all things will be perfect once again in the meantime help us to take good care of the world that you have given us to live in and help us to give you thanks for the blessing of life and of being your creatures we pray these things in jesus name and we pray as he teaches us our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let me end with a, a question here. What can you do to help you remember that the troubles of this life are temporary, much like the wicked who are chaff, but that God is that God has given you gifts? that are permanent. If you have some thoughts about that, please feel free to put them down in the comment section uh, below. And uh, God bless your day. Thank you for being with me this morning. I hope you'll come back this evening for an evening devotion too.